Welcome to Already Saturday. It's already Saturday. Welcome to it. It is. That's why you're still in your jammy jams. <laughs> I'm already in my pajamas. I'm actually actually <laughs> talking to our audience, Phoebe. Oh, it's nice to address the audience. Hello, audience. Thank hey. you for joining us. A lot of you in America as well, we've noticed. There are lots of listeners stats. in America and listeners in the UK. Welcome. Yeah. Charting all over the place. Yeah. We're like the taming parlor of podcasts, aren't we? <laughs> We are in the UK charts. It's exciting. Yeah. We're all over it. Um, I'm Phoebe. I'm Nathan. We're your hosts. We're journalists from Sydney. There's lots happening this week, Nathan. Do you want to yeah, roll kick into, into it? it? Of course, the first thing we need to talk about is Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom had his activated almonds moment. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about that time when Pete Evans did his A Life in the Day, A Day in the Life thing, and everyone laughed at his activated almonds for breakfast it was his it was the beginning of the end for pete evans the activated almonds for moment future prime minister pete evans <laughs> i don't think it's the beginning of the end for orlando bloom i think it's no, just... i think he's doing pretty well but anyway he did that for the sunday times magazine he did his a life in the day and i'm going to read some choice quotes from it because he has copped a roast in online which i think is slightly unfair but i'll let i'll let the listener judge I wake up at around 6.30. I have a smart ring sleep tracker, and the first thing I do is look at the app to see if I've had a good sleep and check <laughs> and check my readiness for the day. I like the fact that he has to turn to a robot to see if he's had a good sleep. Because what I do is I go, I'm still tired. Maybe I need more sleep. Oh, you're roasting him already. You're being yeah, so sorry. mean. <laughs> I like Orlando. He's, he's nice. Everybody loves Orlando. Anyway, then, like he, a then he goes and sings to his baby Daisy, which is rather sweet. But he <laughs> sings a song about daddy's here for Daisy or something because he wants his baby to no, know who, who's daddy. He is the daddy because his first kid. It, I mean, it goes on. It yeah, really does uh, go on. I mean, he says... I've got here, he says, I like to earn my breakfast, so I'll just have some green powders that I mix with brain octane oil, a collagen powder for my hair and nails, and some protein. It's all quite LA, really. Then I'll go for a hike while I listen to some Nirvana or Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you skipped ahead a bit because before this earning of the breakfast, I like the fact that the things that he hike, like he's hiking out in nature... This is after 20 minutes of um, chanting as well, because he's he's been a Buddhist since he was 16, which I did not know. But basically, he says, I chant for 20 minutes every day religiously. I'll read a bit of Buddhism, and then I'll type it up and add it to my Instagram stories. Other than that, I won't look at my phone yet, other than writing Buddhism on Instagram. I don't want to be sucked into the black hole of social media. And then he earns his breakfast, and then by 9am it's breakfast, which is usually porridge, a little hazelnut milk, cinnamon vanilla paste. God, what is that? Is that ice cream? Is he having ice cream? for? No, it's just like a way that you get vanilla. Like they, they I don't know, they like condense the beet, I don't know what's inside the pods. Into, right. It's, that's normal. Do you need to get vanilla? It's just like a, a better way to have vanilla. Well, I think the best way to have vanilla is an ice cream. You can't roast everything he said. Hazelnuts, 
goji berries, a vegan protein powder, and this is the best bit, and a cup of PG tips. So British. You know what? He loves, he must love goji berries. But you know what? I worked on Australia's Next Top Model. You and did? His ex-wife Miranda Kerr was on one of the shoots we did, and she was she was snacking on goji berries. Oh, so he's and carried she, it over. Yeah, it's like a favorite of from his old marriage, I suppose. And um, Brilliant. and she was, and Miranda Kerr was encouraging all the young models to snack on goji berries. I suppose they're really good for you, and they're very low calorie. Right. A good hot person snack. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he's ninety percent plant based, which I suppose he says. He'll only eat a really good piece of meat maybe once a month. Then he says, I sometimes look at a cow and think that's the most beautiful thing ever. At some point in time, we'll look back and not be able to believe we used to eat meat, which I I agree. It really does go on this this Orlando um, day in the life. I mean, I... For lunch, lunch, sorry to cut you off. For lunch, he says, like, I'll cook at times, but otherwise there's a team of people. Now, he doesn't earn his breakfasts. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know how you earn your breakfast? You make it yourself. I don't want to go through everything that he wrote because it really does go on and you can look it up yourself. Yeah, look it but up. But people are really like roasting him in it. I don't think it's that crazy. No, I think he's living the good life, especially this part where he says, during COVID, I started building Lego again. So he got back into Lego. He builds cars. He, he specified that he does that. But he said um, he finds the methodical nature of creating this little thing makes me feel like I'm achieving something else. Then he lifts heavy weights, puts the baby to bed, watches a documentary, puts himself to bed by 11. I assume Katy Berry's just sleeping through all this, his wife. (laughs) Uh, Um, Orlando. People were really roasting him. I'm looking at this tweet from this guy, Dan Barker. I don't know who he is. He's got a blue tick. It says he's worked at more than 100 companies doing various bits and bobs. Sounds like a bad employee. (laughs) No, he's got got a blue tick, though. And um, he's... He wrote, I genuinely thought the Orlando Bloom interview in the Times was a spoof. Is it really not? <laughs> and then he's shared this little graph of Google trends for brain octane oil, <laughs> which oh, Orlando yeah. Bloom said, said he takes every day. Um, and the, there's a big spike. I'll, I'll share it on our Instagram, big spike for searches in brain octane oil. Although... I feel a little bit bad for Orlando Bloom because I feel like he was just being really honest about his unusual life and it is it is a really good insight into a celebrity's life of um, taking all these powders and concoctions and eating these weird foods and then playing with Lego after you do your Zoom, your Zoom script reads. You know, we've, uh, to be honest, I think we all dabble in this sort of like this wellness, like pseudoscience. I used to take the like dark a... dark arts of vitamins... Yeah, well, I used to take like a mushroom powder. I used to mix it into my coffee and because honestly, because I read online that like it's good for it's good for your like fertility and it's good for your brain health. And I mean, I I don't know, like I just read that this Chinese mushroom was good for you and I believe in Chinese medicine because I got acupuncture once and it was it really helped me. So I sort of went down that path and I suppose if I was a big celebrity and I put that in an interview everyone would roast me but there's sort of a reason you go down these paths I mean don't you think yeah laziness <laughs> let's go here drink a milkshake and you don't have to think about like getting a balanced diet other people in this tweet thread where he's being roasted are up but they're, sh- they're defending him and sharing photos of him on the beach just saying yeah but he looks like this and he is a beautiful man Orlando Bloom yeah well Another thing that needs to be said is that Katy Perry has a type. 
British oh, Buddhist yeah. leaning, Lego oh, yeah. making, PG <laughs> tips drinking celebrities. It's so true. Yeah. They do look very similar. And they act very similar, judging by this. Like Russell Brand's into all that kind of wellness, Eastern philosophy. Mm, it's interesting because you, you wouldn't think Katy Perry was sort of out there, but I guess maybe she is quite out there. When she got married to Russell Brand, mm-hmm. it was in India and she was sitting on top of an elephant as she walked down oh, the aisle. That's so true. They that's had a wild wedding. down there. Yeah, they had such a beautiful wedding. Yeah. All right. Um, that's enough Orlando, isn't it? Yeah. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay. So what are we on? Prince Harry got Prince a job. Harry, yes. Prince Harry is now employed. He is off job seeker <laughs> do you think it's nine to five do you think he goes in there from nine to five i mean i don't know prince do you think charles, he works from home a, as we know prince charles <laughs> is like a workaholic even though he really doesn't have to be so there's got to be something within their genes that, that make is, them that way that is true um w- there's a documentary about prince charles where they show his his office sorry we've, we've deviated from prince harry already but there's a documentary about Prince Charles where they show his office and they talk about what a workaholic he is and how he works from like early in the morning till late at night and they show his office and he's got papers strewn everywhere in this crazy way. If you've ever known a workaholic, their offices are always like that sort of chaotic and yeah. like stressful looking. Anyway, Prince Charles apparently is a total workaholic. So, Well, Harry maybe, but he just took a job at a San Fran startup and it's called Better Up. And basically they're business coaches, life coaches. They meld all that kind of the optimization. This is what they say. BetterUp combines behavioral science, AI, and human coaching to optimize personal growth and professional development, which is very, very San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Mm. So Harry is going to be the chief impact officer, which is a newly created role for him. Only royals may apply. (laughs) BetterUp formed in... 2013 harry will have no staff under him and no one reporting to him and he'll be focusing on four key areas which is driving advocacy and awareness for mental fitness and guiding better up social mission and impact influencing the vision of better ups platform and expanding their global community which basically means he's he's a pr guy he's it's like an to, influencer role yeah it's an influencer role harry is an influencer and i tried to find what his salary would be could not find it but mm. apparently some of the similar roles at that company are seven-figure roles. So I dare say he's over a mill a year. Yeah, I think you can safely assume that. Prince Harry wrote a blog post about his new role. and um, Is that on his Tumblr? <laughs> it's a tiny letter. Yeah. You've got to subscribe yeah. and hope that you catch the latest post. Yeah, it's a, it's a critique of the first season of Girls, I believe, isn't it? <laughs> It's great. It's his blog post. He talks a lot about his personal life and his role in the Marines and says that through his life and his his role in the military, he's learned a lot about mental health. Um, so he's written here, focusing on prioritizing our mental fitness unlocks potential and opportunity that we never knew we had inside of us. As Marine commandos say, it's a state of mind. We all have it in us. What I've learned in my own life is the power of transforming pain into purpose. I think that's sort of a, I think a lot of people who've been through difficult experiences 
um, understand is that, you know, you you can go through really, really difficult things, but it can make you stronger. Yeah. I reckon he had um, Lose Yourself by Eminem playing on repeat (laughs) as he was writing that. He's bobbing on the spot, typing it. (laughs) Here's another thing he wrote in his blog. During my decade in the military, I learned that we don't just need to build physical resilience, but also mental resilience. And in the In the years since, my understanding of what resilience means and how we can build it has been shaped by the thousands of people and experts I've been fortunate to meet and learn from. So, um, good on you, Harry. Good on you, Harry. All right, so Harry's actually rolling in it. Since he split up (laughs) with his family, since he ran away from home, (laughs) since he left the note that said, and this time I mean it, (laughs) he's done a Netflix deal. Him and Megan have Archwell Audio, which is their company. They're just going to provide podcasts um, to Spotify. So for the Netflix deal, New York Times are saying that it was a $100 million deal, which is the silly Netflix money. Deal. Yeah, the Netflix deal. Oh. Hundred. Some other sources are saying it could be up to $150 million. That's American. So $100 million American is about 130 Australian. He's going to be making documentaries. He's going to be making feature films. He's going to be making scripted shows and kids shows. And for the Spotify deal, they only got 15 to 18 million only for the Archwell audio deal, which is about 20 to 23 million Australian money, which seems crazy. But Joe Rogan, for example, signed a Spotify deal for 100 million American. Mm-hmm. And Bill Simmons's Ringer podcast, 80 million. So... You know, Spotify are getting a pretty good bargain, especially if you think about Prince Harry and Meghan, the type of guests they could get on. Yeah, the access. Yeah. Although we listened to the first episode of their podcast. Um, Rubbish. It was so bad. Um, and I like to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and also, you sort of just want to listen to it because of who they are, but it wasn't, it wasn't very good. But I do think that Harry and Meghan are sort of coming out of something sort of difficult. So yeah. maybe they were a bit frightened to really go hard but and just going back to that oprah the oprah interview (laughs) was very boring hey (laughs) they need to get some of their family guests hey hello (laughs) prince philip here (laughs) there he is again (laughs) every episode he makes an appearance so megan came into her marriage with five million dollars us from suits and she gets constant residuals every time that plays she earns money so she's earning and you know how they said they were living off inheritance from Diana in mm. that Oprah interview. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked up how much that is. So they each got 10 million pounds when they turned 30, which is 18 million Australian. And they've also got Queen Mum money. Yeah, whatever her official title is, the Queen Mother. When she passed away, she got, gave them 14 million pounds. And mm-hmm. they have to split it between William and Harry. But Harry gets the most because he won't have the advantages of being king. So they got money. And then yeah. they signed these huge <laughs> they deals. They got, yeah. They got that walking around royal money, don't they? They're royal flushed. Well, I suppose they're going to be fine now. Yeah. So stop worrying about Harry and Meghan, everyone. They're fine. Harry's got himself a nine to five. He's got a little Looney Tunes tie that he wears into the office because he's a bit of a character. We done enough of that? <laughs> <laughs> we talked enough about Harry and I, Meghan? Well, I suppose... You've called it. We can move on. Ah, if you got more. Okay, the next thing we want to talk about is um, this new celebrity trend. We've called it a trend. When you see something three times, 
it's a trend. Yeah. Um, Two times is a coincidence. This week, aerial photos came out of Kim Kardashian's backyard, and it's got an entire mini streetscape, which appears to have been built for the enjoyment of her children. It's it's like a little town that she's constructed. It's like a little toy town. Well, not a toy town. It's like a little child town. But it looks like a set for a puppet show or something. Yeah. It's like this little kind of street of, yeah. So if you look up these photos, you can see this little street. It's called L- Lil Hidden Hills. Uh, Hidden Hills is the area of Calabasas that they that the Kardashians all live in. And in Little Hidden Hills, there's like a little mini KKW beauty store, a mini Lego castle, a mini fire station, and several other stores. So... (laughs) (laughs) That's the second time I've mentioned Lego as well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just what Kim Kardashian has constructed for the enjoyment of all the Kardashian Jenner children. Um, well, what about that episode we were watching the other day where on the basketball court, I think they're at Chloe's house and there's just all these like kids, like vehicles parked up against the wall. Yeah. So many little electric cars for the kids to yeah. just roll around in. Like mini Rolls Royces. Fleet of them. Mini Jeeps. Yeah. When I was a kid, I think I had a mini car, but it definitely wasn't like, it was very lo-fi. Yeah. I had a scooter. My dad actually made me a little, um... Oh, what are they called? They're like a little, a go-kart. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was made out of um, those things you use for moving boxes. Right. That has yeah. wheels on it. And he attached extra wheels to it and sort of turned it on its side. Yeah. And A, a box car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the wheels used to fall off sometimes when we went down hills. But yeah. That's not it. happening to Northwest's mini coupe. No. Anyway, so this trend of building like really extravagant, cubbies for children it's been happening in hidden hills for a little while so in 2019 scott disick sort of built a whole episode of keeping up with the kardashians around building an extravagant cubby for his children in courtney kardashian's backyard it just looks like a granny flat hey it's just like it's (laughs) it's i I, I mean i wouldn't refer to it as a granny flat i'd I'd sort of call it like a a tree house so scott spent a hundred thousand dollars on building this cubby in courtney's backyard and he said it was inspired by a trip he took to mexico there were photos of this house in forbes magazine i mean it's just crazy of photos of the mexican house or his of the replica. Mexican house that inspired this right. little replica. I reckon 100K is too much for a cubby house. It had a, it had a loft and it had hardwood <laughs> floors and it's got really big windows. It looks like a little Sims house, yeah. I suppose. And the other um, one of these is LeBron James made a replica of his, like their family house. He made a smaller replica of it out the back, like to, to scale. It's, it's quite impressive. Oh my goodness. Another one is um, David and Victoria Beckham built one that, it wasn't public, but um, <laughs> the son obtained planning permission that their architect had to submit. So it was a four by five meter in length and four meter height tree house that they built at the back of their house in, I'm not sure where, somewhere in England. But it was so big that they had to get planning permission for it. And it says here, the application is for a modest treehouse on land that has planning <laughs> permission for residential use. It is to be constructed in a reclaimed in reclaimed timber with timber shingle roof and is intended for use by the owner's children as a play area. And as such, it will be its use will be incidental to enjoyment of the main dwelling. Oh, well. Um, 
So it's a, it's a trend. I think the sun. Elaborate kids' cubby houses. It's a big trend. And coming to MTV, pimp my cubby. It's a bit much, isn't it? It's way too much. It's like kids just, they love, well, it's that thing where at Christmas time they play with the wrapping and don't care about the expensive toy. Like kids just need a box to sit in. They don't care about cubby houses. In fact, if they build it themselves, they're probably more likely to enjoy it. Like, is it part of having a tree house or a cubby house, the construction of it? I also feel like the joy of a tree house or a cubby house is that it's sort of uh a more wild experience and yeah. that it doesn't have a roof and it's not just like a house but yeah this maybe, is just like another bedroom for maybe these, these rich, kids. rich kids need luxury because they're so used to having so much luxury right. i also don't understand why kim's mini street has a kkw beauty shop do they have to go tax, shop do they have writer. to go shopping <laughs> for, for beauty products yeah. at age six um well, they got to learn early yeah, I mean, I suppose if it gets if the helicopters are flying over and it gets papped, it's good extra advertising for her business. <laughs> yeah, well, she should have painted like a website on the roof or something if it's going to be aerial papped. It seems wrong that people's homes can be aerial papped. Yeah. It seems too invasive, but I don't know. All um, right, we're done on cubbies. Shall we move on? Okay, Chrissy Teigen, who is arguably the most famous celebrity on Twitter, suddenly left Twitter this week. Oh no. First Trump, now Teigen. Twitter <laughs> is dwindling. Do not buy a stock in Twitter. Buy it in better up. Um, or Lego. Yeah, it's sort of crazy. I don't really know how she coped with it to begin with. She's very brave and argumentative and she sort of would wade into any political debate. Any debate? Any, yeah, I don't really know how she coped with it to begin with. I think she sort of said it's it's too negative. I bid you adieu, and then she she just quickly deleted it. And it's gone now. QAnon are claiming that it was because of their like unveiling of her nefarious PizzaGate connections. And really, all this crazy stuff. Yeah, I was reading about it earlier. They basically they think she's part of every single plot, basically, and mm. they they all hassled her and they think that's the reason and they're kind of claiming it as a victory and then they said something really um i don't have the exact quote here but they said or oh, maybe she's telling us that she's planning to disappear another way they've also linked her and john legend to epstein oh basically i think chrissy also killed jfk i'm pretty sure she was the one that um sunk the titanic i've been reading a lot about this woman she should not be on twitter she's dangerous i thought QAnon was sort of over is it still no they they released a thing about it today well they're they're just trying to stay pretty relevant so this is big news so they've got to they've got to stay on it she like has released some follow-up statements on instagram she said that this is not twitter's fault and then she said i believe that they do all they can to combat relentless bullying. And honestly, it's not the bullying. You guys have no idea how much they've reached out and worked with my team and me personally. And she said, it's not the trolls, the trolls I can deal with, although it weighs it weighs on you. It's just me. And then she said, I have come to terms with the fact that some people aren't going to like me. I hate letting people down or upsetting people. I feel like I just did it over and over and over. Someone can't read that they disappointed you in some way every single day, all day, without physically absorbing that energy. I can feel it in my bones. 
Um, yeah, well, she's right. Like, I mean, I like the fact that she's just gone on Instagram and used it the way she uses Twitter. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but, you know, it is toxic. It's a toxic place. Tegan had a really hard time when she shared her experience of miscarrying. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to use the term miscarrying, but she lost a baby last year and she really bravely shared that experience on Twitter and people were really supportive of her going through that horrible experience but then some horrible people accused her of trying to trying to get the wording right accused her of trying to of using the horrible experience to try and get attention which is just the most ridiculous argument and I, I suppose in the in the op-ed world, people sort of will write different things to, I don't know, I don't really know what to say about that. But I think that was um, a very hurtful experience for her while she was already experiencing such severe grief. Yeah, of course. Uh, to have people like saying you're using this personal tragedy for gain, that's horrible. I think her sharing that loss as well was really a powerful experience for a lot of women who do suffer from losing their babies and and aren't allowed to speak out about it it's a really really big issue and has come to the forefront in recent times more people have felt comfortable to speak about it and social media is a really toxic environment um where people can just say whatever they want behind a mask um and she's sort of confronted that she also um last year had this sort of horrible experience where a chef, this chef, Alison Roman, in an interview with New Consumer, attacked her career, I suppose, because Chrissy Teigen has become, as well as being a model, she's become a a famous cook. And Alison Roman said in this interview with New Consumer, Chrissy Teigen, quote, had a successful cookbook. And then it was like, boom, line at Target, boom. Now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me. And it's not something that I ever want to do. I don't aspire to that. But like, who's laughing now? Because she's making a ton of fucking money. And in that same interview, Alison Roman also attacked Marie Kondo and basically said Marie Kondo had been slapping her name on things without, quote, giving a shit. And Chrissy Teigen went on Twitter and, and said that it was a huge bummer and it hit her hard. And she said, I have made her recipes for years now, bought the cookbooks, supported her on social media and praised her in interviews. I even signed on to executive produce the very show that she talks about doing in this article. And Chrissy Teigen got a lot of support after that but then she said later that within a day people turned on her as well and attacked her and said oh there's a reason Alison Roman is attacking you and you sort of deserve it and that I think is a really good encapsulation of the life cycle of Twitter and how people sort of feed off negativity and and quickly turn and it's easy to pile on Mm. And you don't even have to know. It's it's that glee of seeing someone successful fall, which is really toxic and it's pervasive and it's yeah. just a horrible byproduct of Twitter. And yeah. Maybe it was there all along in humans and it's taken something like this to show us that we have to be kinder. And people also take a, a glee in the twists and turns of 
things, even if they're not true. It's the sort of, they call it the milkshake duck. Um, <laughs> What's that mean? Mi- the milkshake duck, I hope I explained this correctly. The milkshake duck um, is a, I think it's a Twitter phenomenon where um, something becomes like a, a, the milkshake duck is a character that's like famous and then it, and everyone loves it. And then it turns out that the milkshake duck is racist. Right. And within, you know, the space of a few hours, this hero is torn down. Yeah, well, Chrissy, and, Chrissy was known for, we're on a first name basis, she was known for being very outspoken and people liked that. And so when someone slapped her down, they probably thought it was just desserts as well. Mm. So, you know, you give, you take, it's Twitter. It's a horrible battlefield. Mm. Stay away, kids. Yeah, it's... It's a certain kind of, um, it's a certain kind of space that, anyway, she's left. She's out. She's off Twitter. She's on Instagram now. More characters. <laughs> More pics. More pics. Less okay. anonymous people on Instagram as well. Do you want to know a fun fact about her husband, John Legend? Sure. Kanye named him John Legend. He <laughs> said because he's a good singer and he's a legend, which is as good a, <laughs> good a reason as any. Oh, that is nice. Better than being John shithead (laughs) (laughs) no we're not cutting it out you've already dropped the f-bomb so we're getting an e it's gonna be an e on this if you're listening in in the car well your kids have already learnt swear words all right guys let's go local let's steer this home strong with a segment new segment called gee that's a terrible idea for a tv (laughs) show why did they ever do that catchy name I used to work in TV, so hopefully none of my friends are working on this. Sorry if you are. Um, Ten has launched a new TV show called What the Hell Just Happened? And it's about 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's about the disasters, the personal tragedy, the the global horribleness that was 2020. And it's a lighthearted, fun look at a pandemic, bushfires. Like, it's... <laughs> It's, is it too soon? <laughs> this is from one of my favourite websites, TV Black Box. They said, 10 launches cheap clip show to fill ratings black hole. <laughs> They've basically thrown all cheap their 10 signees at it as well, haven't they? I think Pete Ellie is involved. I think Julia Morris, maybe Dr. Chris Brown. There's like just a handful of people who are going to be commenting on like... Yeah. It's COVID lols. So here's who's on it. Okay. Um Ursula Cars, Carlson, Harley Breen, Becky Lucas, Michael Hing, Bo Ryan, Jess Ever, Nazim Hussein, Julia Morris, Walid. Al- I mean, I could go on. It's a bit boring yeah. to list all these names, but all those people are basically on all their. Um... Just watch the project for a month. Write down everyone that's <laughs> on it, and they're the ones. On this. A lot of people who are on their reality shows and comedians who are contractually obliged to be going COVID. What? What the hell just happened? Well, the way they're teasing it is that um, former Australian politician Julie Bishop is going to comment on what she thinks of Cardi B's infamous WAP video. Oh. <laughs> it's So it's basically just... I would probably want to see what she has to say, but... It's kids do the darndest things. Yeah, but about 2020. Yeah. 2020 was the darndest year. What the hell just happened? Well, there was a global pandemic that killed millions of people. But because um, Channel 9 has this, that show 20, 20 to 1 where they count yeah, down. I like that show. Yeah. Any countdown. I'll watch any show well, where they Well, you might like this show. Down. 
Nah. Speaking of why did they make that show, <laughs> Channel 7 launched a new show a few weeks ago called Ultimate Tag, which, okay, I'll explain the premise. It's tips. It's just tips on TV. I thought it was Oztag. No, Oztag's like a rugby league, basically tip rugby. But this is Ultimate Tag. They should have it's... called it Ultimate Tips. Yeah, they should have called it B-A-R. <laughs> <laughs> They should have called it, you can't tip the butcher back. <laughs> but it's just tips in a, like a gladiators style arena where there's like obstacles and stuff. And they basically pit sports people or professional athletes up against just commoners. And they're running around chasing each other. And Matt Shervington hosts it, which is an odd choice. Yep. Um, world-class athlete and carer Rebecca Bennett, who qualified for Tokyo twenty twenty. Australia women's 4 by 400 metre relay. The 2028 Tokyo Games by the time it happens. Yeah. She um, took on elite artistic gymnast Supernova. In So there's yeah. some people in it. So anyway, this show, it took it a week before they went, this is a bad idea. It launched on Sunday night to 447,000 metro viewers. And it was up against maths, which had... 945,000. So it had about half the ratings of the show it was trying to topple. And then the following night, the Monday, it dropped down to 260,000, which is like close to half the viewers it had the night before. Having said that, it was up against Oprah. And Meghan and Harry. Yeah, which had 1.36 million viewers. Like metro viewers, which just means Sydney, well, Melbourne, Brisbane, etc. Didn't, have a, et cetera, didn't et cetera. have a chance. No. It was also against Maths that night. Yeah, and so then it was against Oprah, Megan, and Harry, Amazing and Race. And yeah, Amazing Race on the Sunday. So it's kind of been put. It's been thrown in the ring, which you know, a show like this is never going to succeed against established shows like that. If you're watching Maths and it's down to the like the business end of that season, you're not just going to turn over and go, "Let's take a chance on tips and see what happens." It just yeah, it was set up to fail. But by the following Sunday, it was down to, yeah, 277,000, so slightly up from the Monday before. But then by the next day, it was bumped to seven flicks, which is one of their, like, seven mate type, what are they called, digital stations. What I think is interesting is that the Meghan and Harry interview did 1.36 million. Maths still did 804,000. Yeah, it's very. They're very. Maths is very competitive against what is arguably the biggest TV event of the entire year. Yeah. <laughs> maths Australians love maths. They just love it so much. Um, they still dropped a hundred thousand though. Like they're usually around the nine forty k mark. Ultimate tag was moved onto another lesser Channel Seven owned channel after that poor performance on Tuesday, but it didn't really have a chance to compete against those two shows on that day. It did perform really badly. 277,000 is not a good result. But what me and Nathan were talking about this week when we were discussing this show is that it is a very poor result for that show. But we do think sometimes these networks are a little bit quick to... Pull the plug. Yeah, and lose faith in the performance of these formats. Especially a weird show, like something like that. You need to build a cult following. Like The Masked Singer is the weirdest idea for a show where you've basically got Anthony Collier singing in a bumblebee suit and you have to guess who it is. A show like this with an unusual format that's uh, very family-friendly but 
it is a new format. You've you've got to sort of give it a chance. I think the show had already been shot. It was all in the can. And you've got to just give it a go. You've got to give the audience a chance to get used to it. And it doesn't really, there seems to be no appetite with the networks to let the audience have a shot at it. And they seem to go running scared when there's a poor result. There also doesn't seem to be much consideration for the fact that this show was up against very, very competitive other programs that it really didn't. The Amazing Race. It really didn't have a chance. No. But I also used to work in TV, and they used to say that Australians find it very, very difficult to accept a new format of any kind of show. And so the Australian networks are much more likely to continually revive old formats. That's why you see the same reality shows continue for 10 years that's why big brother is back this year mm. they've tried to bring that back years. a bunch of times haven't they yeah it's more to do with how conservative australian viewers are with their not conservative politically but conservative with what they'll view and what they'll accept yeah. it's very hard to accept a new format so even if they sort of revamp a show from top to bottom they'll keep the same name yeah exactly well actually Channel 7, you got to feel sorry for them because this show was actually the highest rated unscripted debut in three years for Fox in America. So they thought they were buying a winner. Mm. In America, they love tips. In America, like, you can get the butcher back, apparently. <laughs> this all reminded me of two other shows. One is Saturday Night Rove, if you remember that. Yep. They tried launching that in 2019, and it was yanked after two episodes. Absolutely shocking, and... And I can't get over it because Rove is so beloved. You'd think in he'd Australia. be a home run, wouldn't you? Yeah. But that that was on a Saturday night, which is the lowest ratings night of the week. But another show that you really need to just give a chance, give give the audience just a chance to realise it's on TV. Yeah, I I didn't know it was on. Like I would have, well, I would have tuned in. But mm. the first episode had two hundred and forty thousand viewers, which isn't great. And then the next week it dropped down to 138,000, which is death. Mm. And they actually attributed it to when he was shooting. Everyone was at Edinburgh Festival. All the comedians and stuff, they were all overseas. So he had to, he basically got Kevin Rudd on the second episode and some like C grade comedians. Mm. And of course it died. And this is my favourite story about Australian TV. Australia's naughtiest home videos launched on September 3rd, 1992 at 8.30pm. And it was a spin-off from Australia's Funniest Home Videos, but all the naughty ones that they can't show at the regular time of 6.30 or whenever that's screened. Hosted by Doug Mulray. Some of our listeners may remember him. He's probably still on radio somewhere. No idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> Kerry Packer was eating dinner. And a lot of his friends went, what the hell is this? Called him up. And so he flicked over, saw a video of a kid punching a kangaroo in the testicles, I think. And then he saw another video of like just these really crude, sexually charged home videos with Doug Mulray. And he called up the station, called up the switchboard and said, get that shit off the air. And then so when it went to an ad break, just never came back. And then they put on an episode of Cheers, which was a good, a good, it's a good thing to do. Well, so that's that was yanked for like didn't even get a full episode that show yanked mid broadcast first episode. Let that be a lesson to you all. Don't embarrass the chairman. Yeah. Also, why wouldn't you? You'd have to think that was a prank that Kerry Packer call, wouldn't you? If you were just 
man into the switchboard at night at Channel 9. Surely you'd think it was a prank phone call. You wouldn't think it was actually Kerry Packer. No, I believe that. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe Stay someone should prank call me and I'll fall for it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Prince Philip here. I heard what you've been saying about Harry. He wasn't on job seeker. He was on job keeper. On that note, I'll leave you alone now. Yeah, let's end on that. <laughs> Thanks right. for listening to Already Saturday. Enjoy your Saturday. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Already Saturday. Yeah, we'll put up pictures of cubby houses and all that. Subscribe to the show. Give us a five star rating if you have time, if you dare. Yeah. It makes a big difference to I us. Dare Um, Tune in next week when it will be already Saturday again. And this show is brought to you by Lego and Better Up. (laughs) (laughs) Better Up. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.